Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay, this is Hashem. We're holding Chav Zayin Amud Beis today, Masechus Brachas. We're going to do Chav Zayin Amud Beis. We're beginning the second to last line of Chav Zayin Amud Aleph. <coughs> We're going to have two sections in today's learning. The first, we'll finish up that discussion with Rav Yirmiya Baraba and Rav and wrap up this idea of, um, of accepting Shabbos early, davening at Plag, Matzah Shabbos as well. And then we'll discuss a famous machlokis regarding Mayrev, if it's a Rishus or a Chova. And this brings us to one of the most famous stories in all of Shas, where Rabban Gamil seemed to mistreat Rabbi Yoshua, and that created all kinds of issues, and we'll get to that later, Be'ez Hashem. So let's start. Second to last line, Chavzayin and Aleph, so we left off yesterday with a story with Rabbi Yirmiya Baraba and Rav. Rav went to this place, the house of Geneva, and there were three things that we derived from it. One of the things we derived was that Rav davened early, means it was Friday night, he davened while it was still day. Mashma he davened Mayrev after Plag, so it was still sunny outside. So he held like Rabbi Yehuda, Mincha Mayrev could be at Plag. And also Rabbi Yirmiya Baraba, who was his student, davened behind Rav. The Gemara is going to show us today that there seems to be a problem with this. You can't have a student davening behind his Rebbe. Fascinating thing. So we're holding Rabbi Yirmiya, second to last line on the page. Rabbi Yirmiya hechi avid hachi. How could Rabbi Yirmiya daven behind Rav, who was his Rebbe? The problem is, says, A person shouldn't daven. You shouldn't daven next to your Rebbe. Rashi says, it would create the image as if there is an equivalency, so it's disrespectful. And also, you also can't daven behind your Rebbe. So Rashi learns, it's it will be gaiva to daven behind your Rebbe. Very interesting. Tosfos learns that the issue would be that it looks like you're bowing down to your Rebbe. It means if you daven behind your Rebbe, it looks like you're serving him, so you're not allowed to. The Tanya, and furthermore, there's a Bryce that teaches the Ezraimer, Hamispal Lachori Rabbah, someone davens behind his Rebbe, like we spoke about, we just mentioned. Now, if he greets it, or if he greets his Rebbe in the normal way, without saying, Shalom Alecha Rebbe, and he responds to his Rebbe in the normal way, without saying, Alechem Shalom Rebbe, means without the right respect. Or a student who argues against the uh, council of his Rebbe. So some of Farshim learn this means that his Rebbe's yeshiva or his Rebbe's area paskins a certain way and he disagrees. Others learn he makes a breakaway yeshiva. Make a breakaway yeshiva from your Rebbe's yeshiva. Or if somebody says over teachings that he didn't hear from his Rebbe, so there's two ways to understand this. Either it means he says over Torah in the name of his Rebbe that his Rebbe never said. Meaning he says, my, my Rebbe said X, Y, and never, Rebbe never said that. Or he says over Torah in his Rebbe's name, but in the wrong way. It means he says, my Rebbe said this, but it's not in the way that his Rebbe actually said it. He me- messes it up somehow. Um, or, or, right. or he says over his Rebbe's Torah without quoting him. Right. So, Gorim Lashchina Shetistalik Mi Yisrael. The point is, the Brisa says, all of these things, they're a breach in tradition, it's disrespectful, and it causes the Shechina to leave the Jewish peoples. So how could Rabbi Yirmiya Barabba daven behind Rab? He was a student. So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Yirmiya Barabba was different. Shani Rabbi Yirmiya Barabba did Talmud Chavar Hava. 
Yirmiya Barabba wasn't just a normal student. He was a notch above that. He was called a Talmud Chaver. What's a Talmud Chaver? It's a student who's a colleague. So it means is that he did learn from Rav, so therefore he called Rav his Rebbe, but he was also an equal. So there it wouldn't be an issue for him to dive in behind his Rebbe, Rav. And the Gemara says we know this because behind it, because after this story where Rav Davin Mayrev that night before uh, nightfall, so Rabbi Yirmiya Barabba turned to Rav and he said, have you separated from Melacha? means Rabbi Yirmiya wanted to know, Rabbi Barabba wanted to know, now that you Davin Mayrev after Plag, so it's before nightfall, are you already prohibited in Melacha? That was the Shiloh that he was wondering. It's Friday night, but it's not nightfall yet. So Amar lay, and Rav responded, In Badilna, I did separate from Malacha. He didn't say to Rav, Did Mar, did Master separate from Malacha, which would have been the way you talk to a Rebbe. So you see clearly he was a Talmud Chavar, and that's why he was allowed to daven behind Rav as well. Says the Gemara, but then it would emerge that since Rav had davened after Plag, the Alacha is, now it becomes Shabbos also for Malacha. Is that true? Mi badil. Does he become usr also for melacha? Rabbi Avin says there was one time a story. His spal Rebbe, that Rebbe, Biranasi Davin, shall Shabbos be Erev Shabbos. So he davened Mairiv of Shabbos on Erev Shabbos, means after plag. He went into the bathhouse after. Right. He said clearly he didn't hold it was Isr Malacha yet. The Yatsi left the bathhouse, Fishanalan Pirk, and he taught us the teachings. And it wasn't yet dark. So the Gemara says, you see clearly, even if you dive in Mayriv early on Erev Shabbos, which you're allowed to do, Isr Malacha doesn't begin during the day. Kasha on the story we said above. So Marav, Rav says back, no, really, of course, when you accept Shabbos on yourself, the Isr Malacha already begins. The, what, Ra, what Rebbe did in that story was something that was actually not prohibited. We had assumed he went into a bathhouse and he took a bath. Now, there was a point that's very interesting. Masachah Shabbos explains as follows, that initially people were allowed to wash in hot water on Shabbos as long as the water was heated up before Shabbos. Problem was, what happened is, is that people started, the bathhouse attendants started to heat up the water on Shabbos, which is certainly an Esther Malacha. So the rabbis banned washing with hot water on Shabbos, so that wouldn't come to that. People started to con- continued going into the bathhouses for a shvitz, but for a shvitz, meaning not to bathe, which was mutter, but then when they would do that, it would eventually result in them also taking a bath, which was the original prohibition that they had made. So then the rabbis banned even going in for a shvitz. So the Gemara tells us, Amarava, when Rebbe went in, he only went in for the shvitz, to sweat, the kaidim gezerah hava, and it was before the gezerah against that second step, and that's why it was permitted. But really, Isser Malacha certainly begins when you have in Mairev and on Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. Why don't they just ask him? Why don't they ask? Could have been far before, right? Right. Aini says the Gemara, is this true that when you daven, you're makabel as if it's fully effective? Meaning, when you daven Friday night, it becomes fully effective Shabbos, even if you've davened before Shkia. But we know that Abaye allowed a fellow, Rav Dimi Bar Livoi, Sali, after he had davened Mayra Friday night, he allowed him to uh, fumigate his uh, baskets. Rashi explains over here that they used to use sulfur and burn sulfur in order to either color or temper baskets. But either way, there was some Isser Malacha. So he allowed, seemingly, it was permitted for Evdimi Bar Levoi, even though he had Davin Mayrev, Erev Shabbos already, to do Malacha. So you see, it doesn't accept Malacha when you Davin Mayrev, Erev Shabbos. 
The Gemara answers, Ahuta Usavoy. No, what happened was there, Rev, the Vdimi Bar Livoy had made a mistake. He Davin Myriv, Friday afternoon, when it was actually totally day. He thought it was already dark because it was a cloudy day. So he made an entire mistake there, and that's why it doesn't count for accepting Yisr Malacha, because it's not actually Shabbos for him yet. So the Gemara says, But is it true what you're saying? That if you daven thinking it's already Shabbos, you made a mistake because it was a dark day, and then it turns out that it's light, it would undo your tefillah and undo the Kabbalah of Malacha. Is that true? But Avidan Avidan said, one time, so it was on a Shabbos. The clouds became filled with the, the heavens became filled with clouds. So the people thought that it was already Matzei Shabbos. They thought that Shabbos was over because it was dark. Really, it was because it was clouds and it was still the day of Shabbos. So they all went into Shul. They daven Myriv of Matzei Shabbos, thinking Shabbos was over. The clouds scattered, they separated, and the sun shone. Clearly it was the day, it was Shabbos still. They asked Rebbe, what should they do? Once they've davened, they've davened. Now what that means is, the Mayriv is acceptable. Shabbos is not over for Isra Malach. This is very important. The Rishonim all point this out. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You can't say you're allowed to do Malacha. But it means the Mayriv you've done is effective, but the Gemara's question then is, if that's true, the implication is, once they've done it, it's considered effective. So the same thing should be before Shabbos. Shabbos right. If sh- Friday afternoon, fellow thought it was already Shabbos, the tefillah that you did should be effective. And there, the Isser Malacha should already begin, because if the Mayrev is effective, L'chor, the Isser Malacha should begin. But that's the question. From the story here we said with Rebbe, it seems like that tefillah is effective. So L'chor, Erev Shabbos, it should mean Esther Malacha starts. So I just, can we just finish? Let's just finish. Let's just finish the tarots. Let's just do the tarots before your question. So the Gemara answers, Shani tzibur delay mitrachin on lahu. Tzibur is different that we're not going to be matriach them. Meaning, when you're dealing with one individual who makes a mistake in his tefillah, he should have to repeat it. The whole tzibur went and daven myriv. So we're going to say that myriv tefillah is mikubal. It's accepted. They don't have to daven myriv again after. So that's why there is a distinction. But if it's one person, we would say it was a mistake. So you, you redo it. I mean, that's something that's not considered binding. And then Mr. Malacha wouldn't start when you daven thinking it was already Shabbos, but it's not really Shabbos yet. What was I your question? I don't know. COVID, I don't and know. That's what, no, that's what they, I remember and I was very surprised. I said, Rabbi, because we daven Tamar, oh, you want to say, in Shul, I forget what it was, but it was yeah. clearly an hour before Shabbos, we daven Marvel with Atacharantanam. Well, if it was plugged, then that's perfectly fine. Lachara. You can't do malacha. No, no, certainly you can't do malacha. Again, that's that's you clear. You can't do malacha, but the mayrif could be acceptable. Yeah, yeah. L'chara. L'chara. I mean, oh, actually, yeah, we're almost going to get to that today. Sorry. Yes, yes, we'll see. I'm ready. That's what we're about to get to right now. I'm your question. I'm ready. Rechia bar oven said as follows. Exactly your shayla. Rav Tzali shall Shabbos. Similar, I should say. Rav Tzali shall Shabbos, or Shabbos. Is that the tradition? Rav used to daven um, Shabbos mayrif when it was. Uh, Erev Shabbos means uh, Friday afternoon. He would daven Myriv. Rabbi Yoshia Matzli Shal Matzai Shabbos B'Shabbos. Rabbi Yoshia used to daven Matzai Shabbos, the Myriv Tefillah. Now it's very important. Tosfos points out over here this idea to daven uh, before Shabbos is over to daven Myriv. It, it seems like a difficult thing just to allow that in, across the board. So Tosfos learns it was only allowed in a scenario where there was some Tzorach Mitzvah that he had to run out to Matzai Shabbos. 
some sort of a necessity that you daven Meirev early, but but enochinami. Otherwise, you wouldn't be allowed to do that. He yeah, says maybe to give a kid a bris mila or something. He says like. But certainly the point is, Malacha would be usher tel chashecha. That's the point. Meaning that's not a question. The question is, Myriv, maybe it's mutter. Now the Gemara says, kind of addressing your point, Rav tzalishal Shabbos v'erev Shabbos. Okay, good. So we said Rav Davin, Myriv, and Erev Shabbos for Shabbos already. Question is, Would he say Kiddush, Friday night? He went home. It's still, it's still day. It's not Shkia yet. Would he be allowed to say Kiddush at that point? Could you say Kiddush? After Plag Lechorah, could you say Kiddush? So Tashma, the Gemara says, Arayah, the Amr of Nachman, Amr Shmuel, very clearly, Mispalu Adam shall Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. You could daven Meiriv on Erev Shabbos, Amr Kiddush HaLakos, very clearly, and you could say Kiddush too, no problem. The Hilchas HaKavasin, the Gemara says, that is the Halacha. Now, Rabbi Yoshe, we said, was Matzli Shal Matzai Shabbos for Shabbos. He daven Meiriv, Shabbos afternoon, right before Shkia, he daven Meiriv for Matzai Shabbos. So again, the question is, would he say Havdalah after Myriv? Now, it's very important to note, we're not asking if he would use Eish during Havdalah, because that's Malacha. The question is, could he take a cup of wine and say Havdalah? That's the Shaila. So Tashma, the same, same idea, it's very clear. You could have in Myriv, Shabbos afternoon, and you would say Havdalah Alakais afterwards, no problem. It's acceptable. He said he testified. He said, I'll tell you, this is where it happened. Next to this pillar, Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi used to daven, Shabbos. He used to daven Shabbos, Myriv, before Shabbos, before Shkia, before and Friday, Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon. He would daven Myriv already. So the Gemara says there was a correction on this, three corrections on the story. Ki also Ula, Amar, Ula came, when Ula came, he said, actually, you made three mistakes. First of all, B'tzad Tamara Hava, V'lai B'tzad Amud Hava. He used to stand next to this date palm and not next to a uh, pillar. Number two, V'lai Rabbi Yishmael B'Rabbi Yaisi Hava, Ela Rabbi Laza B'Rabbi Yaisi Hava. It was really Rabbi Laza B'Rabbi Yaisi, not Rabbi Yishmael B'Rabbi Yaisi. Um, and three, V'loi shel Shabbos b'erev Shabbos hava, Ela shel Matzai Shabbos b'Shabbos hava. It wasn't that he davened Friday night for Shabbos, rather he davened Shabbos afternoon or late Shabbos afternoon, the Myra for Matzai Shabbos. Those are three mistakes in the story, and before I should deal with exactly why I needed to correct him. Okay, but Lemaisa, it's very interesting how it comes out here. Let's continue. Now, we said in the Mishnah, when we talked about Mayrev, the Zman from Mayrev, Tefilas Erev Ein Lakevas. We said a very strange language. It said, the evening Tefilah, which is Mayrev, doesn't have a set time. Now, if it meant to say it could be said all night, it should have said it could be said all night. It doesn't say that. So the Gemara is going to try to figure out exactly what does it mean, Ein Lakeva? What is, what is the implication in that? My Ein Lakeva, what does that mean? Ilema, if it means, the Iboy Matzli Kule Lelia, if you want, you could dive in Mayrev all night till day, till the morning. So listen to Tfilas Erev Kolalayla. Then it should have said Myrev is all night. That's the normal way to say it. Elamai, rather, what does it mean? Ein lakeva. Kemanda Amar Tfilas Arvis Rishus. It's like the opinion who says Myrev is voluntary. So Tosfos points out right away, so that we don't walk away thinking you don't have to say Myrev. He says that you do have to daven Myrev, but it means, as the Gemara is going to explain later. Uh, one second. No, it's like, like Tosh is like explained earlier, it's called a rishus, is if there's some sort of a mitzvah overus that's occurring. 
some sort of a passing mitzvah, you can negate davening myriv and do that mitzvah. That way it's voluntary. But stam, as I just say, we don't daven myriv, that's certainly not true. I believe it's brought down in halacha. Since we already accepted it upon ourselves, anyways, it's become more like a chobah than a rishos. But the Gemara here says, machlekes, as we're about to see, machlekes tanoim actually, but our Mishnah implies it's a rishos. That means ein lakeva. It doesn't have a set time, meaning it's not set like a chobah. It's a rishos, it's voluntary. Back in the Gemara, the Amr of Yudam Shmuel, Tvilas Arvis, there's a machlokis Tanoim as follows. Rabban Gamliel Omer Chova, Rabban Gamliel says it was obligatory. Bishua Mershus, Bishua said it's voluntary. Amr Abai, Abai Paskins Halacha Kedivriya Omer Chova, Paskins like Rabban Gamliel that it's a Chova. The Rav Amr Halacha Kedivriya Omer Shus, and Rav Paskins like Rabbi Yeshua that it's voluntary and not obligatory. And now we start one of the most famous stories in all of Shas. We know that Yavne, after the Chorban Bayis, it became the center of Torah, but also the center of Torah tradition. So tradition was a very important thing. Whatever the halacha was, it had to be steadfast. It had to be clear. So as we're about to show from this story, Rabbi Gamliel, who was the Nasi, took great issue if there was any breach in Misora, any breach in tradition, to the extent that we know that the way it was set up was there was a Nasi, which was Rabbi Gamliel, and under him was Rabbi Yeshua, who was the Av Bezdin. So Rabbi Gamliel got the impression that the great Rabbi Yeshua, that Tana argued on him, and he mistreated Rabbi Yeshua in public so as to make such a stand for Misora, what he felt was the right halacha. This wasn't the first time, and as we'll see, this led to a very interesting and, and unfortunate situation. So let's see. Tana Rabbanan says the Gemara, the Brisa teaches as follows. There was a story with one student. We'll see at the end of the Gemara who the student was. He came in front of Rabbi Yeshua. Now remember, this is in Yavna, and Rabbi Yeshua was the Av Bezdin. So he was the second man. Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi, under him was the Av Bezdin. So we approached Rabbi Yeshua, this, this Talmud, and Omar Leit, Philos Arvis, Rosh Hashachov, he asked him the Shaila, is Mayriv considered obligatory or voluntary? So Omar Leit, Rabbi Yeshua said back, Rishos, like his Shita, it's voluntary. So the same student went to Rabbi Gamliel. Now generally you're not supposed to do this. Generally you have Psakalacha. He did Psakalacha. All right, that's what he did. He said to Rabban Gamliel, Is it voluntary or obligatory? Rabban Gamliel said, It's obligatory. So the student turned to Rabban Gamliel and he said, But Rabbi Yeshua told me it is voluntary. So Rabban Gamliel said back, Wait for the shield bearers to come to the base madrash. Rashi learns, referring to the Talmidei Chachamim, those people, as Rashi explains, that uh, fight against each other and usurp each other in halacha means those who fight for the truth. Bottom line, that's what it's referring to. So wait for the other Torah scholars to come to the base medrash, and we'll get to the bottom of this. So Kishanech Nizubali Trisin, when the Talmud Chacham entered the base medrash, Omar Hashoyel Veshoal. So this student who asked the question got up and he posed the question in front of everybody. Tvilas Arvis Rishosochova. Is it voluntary? Is my voluntary or obligatory? So Amr Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel said in front of everybody, he's the Nasi, he paskins the halacha, chova, it's obligatory. Amr lahem Rabbi Gamliel lachacham, Rabbi Gamliel then turned to the chachamim, kulum yesh adam shechaylik bedavar zeh, is there anyone who argues on this matter? He was trying to goad Rabbi Yeshua into arguing. So Amr lahem Rabbi Yeshua lah, Rabbi Yeshua said back, no, nobody argues. Meaning, in face of the Nasi, yeah, no one argues. Amar Lei, Sir Gamliel said, it's not true. In your name, I was told that you paskined, it's voluntary. How can you say you don't argue? 
So Amar Lei, Sir Megamil instructed Rabbi Yeshua, he said, Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua, Modal Raglecha, stand up on your feet, via Idu Bacha, and they'll testify against you. Meaning, those who are telling me that you paskin it's Rishus, they're going to talk against you. Amar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua got up on his feet, and he said, If I would be alive and this student who's testifying in my name is dead, so then the living can contradict the dead and nobody knows otherwise. I'm alive, but he's here too. How can I contradict him? Meaning, it's true. I had originally said, it's Rishus. So what ends up happening is, is it came out that Rabbi Yeshua was caught, or you could call it caught red-handed, as pasking against the Nasi. Okay? So Rabbi Gamliel, like we, we started off with, he wanted to make a strong stand against this. He didn't want there to be a breach in halacha. So Hayyar Rabbi Gamliel, Yoshev Vidarish, Rabbi Gamliel, the Nasi, was sitting and expounding Torah. For Rabbi Yeshua, Oymid al-Raglov. And Rabbi Yeshua was left, forced to stand on his feet. This was disrespectful. He wanted to show that Rabbi Yeshua conceded his position, but it was done in a way that disrespected Rabbi Yeshua. It was like he put him in the corner. Disrespectful. Until the rest of the Chachamim there started to murmur. And they said, was the one who used to broadcast the teachings of Rabbi Gamliel. So they said to him, he was also one of the Asara Harugi Malchus. Remember, So they said to him, Amod, stop telling over the Torah of Rabbi Gamliel. Va'amari stopped. So Amri, the Chacham, said to each other, At Kamenitz Arivanezel, how much more can we let Rabbi Yeshua be uh, ashamed and be pained like this? This is disrespectful towards him. And the Gemara says, fascinating thing, because this happened three times already. Three different places, Rabbi Gamliel seemingly acted uh, in a disrespectful way towards the great Rabbi Yeshua. Last year in Rosh Hashanah, he pained him. This is based on the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that talks about how there was a machlokas, Rabbi Yeshua, as to the Rosh Chodesh of that year, and Rabbi, Gam, uh, Rabbi Gamliel forced Rabbi Yeshua to travel towards him on the Yom Kippur as determined by Rabbi Yeshua to show that he conceded his position. But it was a public disgrace. In regards to Bechoros, with the story of Rabbi Tzadok, he also pained Rabbi Yeshua. So this was, there was some sort of a debate between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua regarding a Bechor given to the Kohen Rabbi Tzadok. And again, Rabbi Gamliel forced Rabbi Yeshua in a disgraceful way to concede to his position. So Hachanami Tzare, we're going to come to continue allow this Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel to pain Rabbi Yeshua like this. It's not appropriate. So they decided, Tav and Avre, we have to remove we have to impeach him. We have to remove Rabbi Gamliel from the Sius. We have to remove him from his position. Okay? So if we're going to remove him from his position, we have to have a substitute. What are you, who are you going to substitute? So man who should be in place of him? So the Gemara says they went through a few options. Nuk Rabbi Yoshua. So maybe we'll put Rabbi Yoshua, the one who he's bothering. So the Gemara says a very interesting thing in terms of sensitivity. Bal Maisahu. No. He's the litigant. He's the one that's involved in, integrally in this case. And Rashi explains that means if they would put him into the position, it would give Rabbi Gamliel such suffering. You're, we are removing him from the position, but that's not appropriate. So we can't put Rabbi Yeshua as the Nasi. Nuk mele Rabbi Akiva. Maybe what are we, the great Rabbi Akiva? Huh? So the Gemara says, Dilma Anishlei, the Leslie Schus Avos. No, he might end up getting punished because Rabbi Akiva was from Gerim. He doesn't have Schus Avos, the merit of forefathers, and therefore he's, uh, he wouldn't be good for the position. Rashi learns is that whoever's going to take this job is going to have to suffer some backlash from painting Rebbe Gamliel. You have to have serious Schus Avos to be able to withstand that. So therefore, Rabbi Akiva is not the man for the job. 
So Ella the Gemara says is, we know Nukme the Rebelazar ben Azariah. Rebelazar ben Azariah should be the Nunasi. He is three milas. Dehu Chacham, he's wise. Dehu Ashir, and he's wealthy. Dehu Asir li Ezra, and he's a tenth generation from Ezra HaSofer. Now why is that all important? He's wise. Anybody who asks him questions, he'll be able to respond. He's wealthy. If he has to bribe the Caesar, he'll have no problem with that. And he's a tenth generation from Ezra. He's not going to get punished because of him taking the position because he has great in this regard. So the Gemara says that's what they did. They came to Rabbi ben Azari and they said, Do you want to become the head of the yeshiva? Do you want to become the new Nasi? So he said back, and the, the Mepharshman derived from here actually a big Yisod. Omar Ali said back to them, I have to ask my wife. Now it's a big Yisod actually. You're making a life's change. You're going to go take a serious job like that. So ask your wife, you can't just go take that job. It's not going to be home for dinner. So the Gemara says, He went and consulted with his wife. She said back to him, You know, they have a bad track record here. Maybe they'll also unseat you. If they are just unseated, the prior person, so maybe they'll give you the job, you'll do something they don't like, and then they'll kick you out also. Why are you so confident? Amarle said back there, It's better that a person should use a crystal cup one day. This is like a chashuv cup. And tomorrow it gets broken. Meaning I'm offered a great opportunity. I might lose it later, but it's better I take the opportunity now. Amarle so said back another complaint. She said, The problem is, you know, Lesbian Azari was very young. He doesn't have white hair. Problem is, he, she said to him, they're not going to respect you. It's not appropriate. Meaning to have a darshan, head of the, of, of the Jewish people, the nasi, the head of the, who, who looks like such a young guy, they're not going to give you respect. It's going to be difficult for you to maintain that level. So the Gemara says, and this happened, that day, Bartam Nisrei he was 18 years old, Nisa, a miracle occurred, and he had 18 rows of white hair. We say that in the Haggadah. And Hainu took Omer of Lesben Azariah, that's what it means. And Rabbi Lezben Azariah recalls, he says, I was like 70 years old. He said in a Mishnah earlier, what, what, what's the pshat? It doesn't say 70 years old. Not that he was 70, but he was like 70 because he developed zikna. He developed the prestige of old age with his white hair early so that people would give him the appropriate respect. Okay, we're stopping here. The kids are, he took the job, and we'll see later as we continue. The uh, fallout of that day. We're going to have a wonderful day.